Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Latras, and you're listening to a day of prayer and morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the word, promise, can you pray for us? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for making us ten times better than those before us and not going back on your word. And just giving us a true word and not lying to us or doing things. Unthoroughly. Name Jesus, amen. 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 Jesus never lies. It's an impossibility. Amen to that too. And good on you, sir, for stepping into the promises the Lord said, right? We talked about that yesterday. When they trusted the Lord, they were made ten times better than everyone else. Right? So good on you for stepping into it. Now, um... Let's continue with our study in Daniel. We're going to begin with chapter 2. Can I get a volunteer to read the first nine verses? I will. All right, Kaba. Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king, and the king said to them, I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic. O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the the interpretation. Excuse me. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, My decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made an ash heap. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. And they answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will give give its interpretation. The king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time because because you see that my decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me, There is only one decree for you, for you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can give me its interpretation. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, there is a lot in here. Mm -hmm. So, as we break it down, and, and by that I mean... Allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us, to teach us. Let's discuss what he has to say. And if there are any questions, please ask. We'll begin with you guys. Oh, I just wanted to point out something that says the astrologers, they're mm-hmm. not necessarily talking about witchcraft. Astrologers also means, magic- like not magicians, mathematicians, the people that study the skies, but also the ones that they said to have great knowledge and Mm -hmm. were able to understand more than the average human. Mm -hmm. They said they had high IQs. 
So that's what they mean by astrologers, not just mm-hmm. people that practice witchcraft by studying the stars. So they, they do mean calculators and yes. people that yes. naturally have more um, aptitude mm-hmm. to comprehend higher So they things. called the smart guys. <laughs> he called every <laughs> every venue that you could think of mm-hmm. to reach for, right? Every yes. Every natural place that he could think of to find guidance and instruction, except for God. But I did say natural place. Exactly. He went to every natural realm there was. The ones that do magic, the ones that can make calculations, the ones that uh, conjure things and spirits, and just as regular old people, the Chaldeans. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> exactly. The average but then, but then the, it's all the Magi, or as, as you pointed out, these are all the natural ways and things, right? So let's also look. This was you all considered one group. Yes, they're they're divided up into separate groups, subgroups, if you will, but it's all considered the same. Yes. These are the people he went to. So, yes, what you're saying about how astrology was viewed then. What it encompassed. What it encompassed mm-hmm. is accurate. However, it also incorporates or has, has become known to incorporate other aspects, mm-hmm. yes. not just inte- intelligence. Right, but yes. we, don't, we also don't say sorcerers Correct. have a group for that anymore. That is more like goes into what, what we call astrologers now. Yes. Um divining and all that that kind of deal magicians want to make things happen but sorcerers want to know you know divine and things of that nature exactly so just give it the full spectrum yes but none of it's by the spirit of the lord exactly not that mouth calculations are bad but when you use it to worship yes versus trusting the most high god so what else also i found it interesting that Nebuchadnezzar didn't call on Daniel. Uh, he was. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Daniel and his friends. Well, Daniel and his friends actually belonged within a group mm-hmm. of people. They had an assignment within a group where they fit in. Um, so he didn't call them specifically, but he called their particular group. If that makes sense to you. Even though they weren't people that practice witchcraft or anything like that, they were still designated among a certain one of those groups. Yes, like groups. how the astrologers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what else, sir? And that just how he didn't go, oh, yeah, there's these people because it says in the previous chapter that they're found ten times better than... All the magicians. Then all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. But let's also look at that. He has many. He has multiple. Right? Man. So let's put that in, in this house. Right, if we will. And not that we go to astrologers or any of this other stuff. But I mean the aspect of there's more than one of you. Do we not give each of you opportunities? Yes. Okay, in everything, right? Yeah. Always just go to one of you and say, hey, you're the guy for this. You do this? No, because each one has to have the opportunity. Each one of you has to have the opportunity to, to grow, to demonstrate what you've been instructed in. Right? The knowledge, wisdom, guidance, all those things has been poured into you. You need the opportunity to demonstrate that, that you can successfully complete and accomplish the assignment, Right. Yes. Okay, so I mean that's part of a leader, a king, a, right? Management, 
whatever way you'd want to phrase it. And, and again, like we said, even in the household, it's not just to have uh, to be a one-trick pony. I can only go to this one person, right? Succession, everything. You have to build up others and put them in places and give them opportunities to demonstrate skills and what's on the inside of them. So it's not that they would never go to Daniel, right? But he wasn't, and and, and his friends, but they weren't the only ones they went to. Does that make sense? Yes. And also at this time, even though they were found 10 times better, they had not yet been elevated and raised to an additional place to stand out. What I love about God is that um, he always makes room and opportunity for us to shine. Absolutely. And Deuteronomy 28 talks about when, when we walk in a way that pleases the Lord and we're obedient to him, he will exalt us so that all people of the earth will know that we're called about to by his name and that everybody on the earth will know that we are his people. So he has a way of doing that. And he will even take an opportunity, you know, what the enemy means for our harm, he'll turn it for our good. And go, that's okay. Shh, you know, if you, if you walk with me, if you stay with me and trust me, I'll exalt you. And that exaltation looks like whatever it is that God wants, just like Joseph, right? He was a prisoner. He was a slave, then a prisoner. But then eventually he became exalted by God raised him up and lifted him up to a higher place. Mm-hmm. Even though it looked like he was low and he was in a low place for a while, but God had all of that accounted for. So with that, don't be discouraged if you are not the first one chosen or selected mm-hmm. for a task, for an assignment. Right? Mm-hmm. The he Lord still has God. a place for you, and he's mm-hmm. still going to make a place. Mm-hmm. And he says, continue to be faithful to him. Exactly. Continue to be faithful. That's, that was a, where we're going with the second half. You remain. Be faithful. Be obedient to the Lord. Don't lose heart. In due time. Exactly. You'll reap if you faint not. Mm-hmm. So very good, sir. What else? I found it interesting when Nebuchadnezzar was uh, ready to kill everybody for trying <laughs> to deceive him. It reminded me of most people are, that are deceivers, they're always on the lookout for somebody to try to trick them. <laughs> trickers are always looking for trickers, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, they know the characteristics of somebody who's going to do that. And you can see that Nebuchadnezzar also... The Lord gave Nebuchadnezzar a gifting where he could see what the intentions of everybody was. He could already see the lies forming on their lips and the (laughs) (laughs) deceit forming. And the Lord showed him that. And so he didn't mean for him to destroy everybody because they couldn't tell him this dream. But he was telling them so that way you can see how it looks in your own life. Like when he points out stuff in others, he's saying, you see that you do that? You see in that person, you see how it uh, looks in their life and the benefits or the repercussions they reap from that. You can also apply it to your own life. You can see it in yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, that's why we have the words. That way we can see all the mistakes that the children of Israel has made. It's not just so we can sit on the sidelines and say, ooh, they dumb. (laughs) (laughs) You can see what mistakes they made. And continue to use it in your own life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It well, is. Oh, go oh, ahead. No. You got it. You got it. 
with that, with what you were saying about that, sir, it's partially correct. Because in this, I wouldn't say that the Lord gave him insight. There was King Nebuchadnezzar eliminating there even being an opportunity for deception by saying, if you guys are so wise, right, if you have these skills, this insight and knowledge and all these other things, then you tell me the dream. In other words, there was already a, and we'll look at the why, right? Because he tells them what their actions are going to be. What does that denote? He's discerned, and by discern, I mean he's observed history in a pattern. And this isn't something that's just happened once, one time. Mm-hmm. And or he also knows himself. Like, There's that as like well. You're yes. Saying. So. I mean, we can look at our own lives, right? What are yes. what are the the patterns of behavior, the habits, how we conduct ourselves, and what does that say? What insight does that give other people about us? It, and it should be that they see Christ through us, right? Not that they have to come with all these hidden tests and and everything else to, um, I'll say, expose truth because we're not being truthful, but we should. Exemplify the pattern example set in Christ, which is only truth. He is only truth. No deviation, no shadow of turning. But the fact that he could not even trust his own people is significant. These are the people he turned to, and he could not trust them. And he was sleep-deprived. I I don't know many sleep-deprived people that are in their clear right mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't. Also true. And depending on how long it had been, um, you know, he could have been, I'd say good and crazy. But um, you're going to say something, Kyle. Um, what I got out of that section of scriptures was that the Lord was setting the stage to make an example. There you go. It's a clear distinction between Daniel and the rest, all the people that the king was relying on mm-hmm. and the ones that God had placed. And it brings me back to what we were speaking about in our last devotional about Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 4 through 6, and where the Lord said, I brought you here to increase you, not diminish you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I saw was the Lord was setting the stage to show up and show out. Yeah. Ultimately, Hallelujah. yes. That, that, Praise that's, the Lord. That's our Heavenly Father's pattern. When the enemy sets up a trap, no doubt the enemy's involved with this. Of course. But then God goes, shh, shh, that's okay. Go ahead, devil. And then I'm going to smoosh you and set my people right on top of you. I'm going to triumph over you. Ding. Mm-hmm. You know, give them that, that little smiley tooth. Ding. The extra <laughs> yeah. white teeth and the wink. You know, like, gotcha. <laughs> oh, <from laughs> that, that's my All version. All commercials, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. That's my version. You know, because our God is wise. There is no wisdom or counsel against the Lord. So anytime the enemy is setting up a trap for God's people, he's already declared the end from the beginning. He already told them that they're going to be blessed. So they had no reason to fear. It doesn't matter what kind of um, weapons are formed against you. But God said they won't prosper. So what are you afraid of? Right? So we know if the enemy's brewing something, our Heavenly Father has already defeated him. He's already countered his moves. Mm-hmm. He's already set us in triumph. All we have to do is stay faithful and believe the best about God. Believe the best about him. The children of Israel, when he said, I've got this good, I've set you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give Mr. Pharaoh a chance to harden his heart, and he's going to take that bait. That's okay. He thinks he's going to kill you because that's what the devil wants to do. But I've got mm. this. Stay with me. Trust me. 
and let's walk it out. Right? And then yes, they yes. said, no, you're going to kill us. You're going to starve us. We had it better with the enemy. And, you know, they, they accused God and refused to believe him. When the whole time he was setting them up for deliverance, for their whole time he was setting them up for exaltation, mm-hmm. raising them up, freeing them, but they wouldn't believe it. So know this. Hear you people and believers of God. He who has ears to hear, hear, let them hear what the Spirit of the Absolutely. Lord says to the church. I have plans for you, for your good. Right? Yes. Yes. The other part of, read a little couple, a couple more verses down in that same Jeremiah 29. I have plans to prosper you, to cause you to be successful. He knows that the enemy's out there. He knows what he's doing. And, and where does he say that's going to happen? In the land where I have sent you. Right? And, he, and they were sent to captivity. Where the good is going to happen. Exactly. Okay. Where the good was going to happen. Yep. Where are all the places that we're going to be blessed and prosper? And yes, ultimately we'll get to our own land, right? However, there's also the, we'll be blessed everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. Into captivity, right? Do these things while you're there. Seek the welfare and the prosperity, because in their prosperity is your prosperity. So mm-hmm. making the whole earth look like Christ. And, and, and I want okay. to point out this. Oh, actually, I'll let you finish your thought real quick. Okay. Sorry. No, that's okay, sweetie. So he tells us he's planned good and just stand firm and overcome. Right? Even God just say, he's already said that we overcome. We've already overcome the world He's because he's overcome the world. And we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. But in Revelation chapter 3, um, when he's talking to the, the churches, he says, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Mm-hmm. And he shall go out no more. So God means for us to conquer. And then, you know, in verse, um, in chapter 21 of Revelation, in verse 7, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Come on. See the finish and the destiny. Plan to persevere. Plan and determine and decide to overcome. He's already said that you can and you will. He's already given you this, the word of of his mouth, right? Man shall not live yes. by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Overcome. He's already given us mm-hmm. a victory. That's all I wanted to say on that. <laughs> I'll talk again later. Okay. <laughs> I was going to, verse 5 to me really stood out, where he says, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, this says that the Chaldeans, my decision's firm. If you not, do not make known the dream and this interpretation, you shall be cut. In pieces, and your houses will be made as an ash heap. Mm-hmm. Right? So we see that the, I'll say, consequences of, well, their actions and the stage that was being set is significant. It was significant then, and I'll tell you that it's also significant today. Because while we don't necessarily have this a King Nebuchadnezzar above us, right? Ultimately, we were all under the Lord. And the Lord has said what he said. And there is a judgment that is going to happen. And there are those that are going to walk in his ways, and they will be honored and exalted, right? Which, that's the game plan. That's the plan the Lord has, right? To reconcile the heavenly community back to himself. Mm -hmm. But then there are also those that are not going to walk in his ways, unfortunately. And, well, there are consequences, and even in reading with the houses shall be made in ash heap, right? What's he say? Each one's work will be tested with fire and will be rewarded for what remains. 
That's significant. So while we don't necessarily are experiencing this in the physical <laughs> yes, every day. burning down our houses. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, we are already, I'll say, I don't want to say playing, but living out this on, on a spiritual and natural realm every day. It's serious. It's for keeps. Mm-hmm. It is our life, if you will, and spiritual as well as natural. So what are you going to choose? Are we going to be deceptive and try to ultimately, well, what happens in there? King Nebuchadnezzar says, you're just going to try to do these things to gain more time. What's the Lord say? You cannot add one second to your life, one moment to your lifespan. One cubit to your statue. Nothing, right? None of those things. Can't turn your hair white or black. So you see some of what Nebuchadnezzar here is saying is also supported by Scripture. It's backed up with the Word. It applies to us today. How are we going to live and be? Is it going to be like what we've already discussed and described with Daniel and his friends? Or is it going to be like the rest of, well, we'll say the Chaldeans, the magicians, astrologers, astrologers, sorcerers? Which category will we be lumped into? Because that will determine our, our eternal outcome. Whether we are gathered back in, reconciled to the Lord in the heavenly community, hmm. or cast into hell, Sheol, outer darkness. The pit. The pit. So you're saying there's a bit of a parallel. Uh, absolutely. There. Not that what Nebuchadnezzar was doing was the will or the ways of God, but there is a parallel. Absolutely. That happens. And how we respond in those situations and circumstances determines our outcome. Yes. Okay. Thank you for making that more clear. Oh, you're welcome, honey. <laughs> it was in there. God just is good. Thought, Amen. He sure is. Right? So, and, and you see that even at the end, right? If you do not make known the dream to me, there's only one decree for you. Right? Mm-hmm. If we're not carrying out in total obedience to the Lord what he commands of us, right? Ultimately, his will, his plan, his purpose, which is he is our God and we are his people. There's only one thing for us. And he says that in Revelation, right? He'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Mm. You worker of iniquity. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear those words. I never want to hear that. <laughs> never. Not just for myself, but for anyone. Mm-hmm. I, I want to have a, a well done, my good and faithful servant. Absolutely. A standing ovation, if you will, from the Lord. <laughs> you know, you guys are all great and everything, but... uh. You know, that's the only one that matters is the Lord. You took my... Yeah. But it's true. <laughs> my thing, honey. That's why we are... That's why you are my helpmate, because right. we are suitable for our purpose in walking together. So I hope we you are like minded. No. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> I'm just joking. Yes, there's that as well. But no, no it's, it's true. I think God put that in my heart to begin with anyway. Well, I yes. Guess. And he's certainly made us suitable for one another. We are like minded in mm-hmm. that. We are. And in the things of the Lord. So that is serving and walking in total faith and obedience to him. You're going to say something, sir? No, it's smiling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyone else have anything they want to share? Yes. All right, Layla. Jumping at the bit over there. Mm-hmm. We'll go for it. The beginning of da- the yes, book of Daniel, chapter 2. I want to read verse 1 and... 
verse 3. So it says, Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. And skipping down to verse 3, And the king said to them, I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. You want to talk about anxiety and where it comes from? Yes. (laughs) Come on, let's hear it. Well, one, we read in James chapter 4, you can go back and read in verses 17 through 19. He says, he who fears has not been perfected in love because perfect love casts out fear. And and fear involves torment, punishment, right? Yes. You said James. First John. First John. John. That's first John, not James. (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on. It involves torment. Mm -hmm. And Jesus had told us, be anxious for nothing. Don't, Don't do that. Don't worry. Don't say to ourselves, to yourselves, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Because Who's going to tell us what this dream means? <laughs> <laughs> well, your, hev- your father in heaven cares mm-hmm. about you. He feeds the sparrows each day, so how much more so you? Mm-hmm. And we see something similar to Nebuchadnezzar with Saul. He had a distressing spirit from Satan, not the Lord. I know your Bible will say that just distressing spirit from the Lord. It's not him. That was Satan. And it's an oppressive spirit. And... Unfortunately, that's the result of what happens to people as they decide that they're not going to live for the Lord. Satan's got his little claws in you, and it. <laughs> okay. And it's a distressing spirit. It really is. Right. And it hurts physically and spiritually, like you just lost your sleep. And I know when I haven't had <laughs> 15 hours of sleep, I'm not the, the nicest, smiling person in the world a little bit grouchy yes very irritated and easily (laughs) agitated stop making faces bubby (laughs) (laughs) but that's what happens and jesus has said when we live for him his peace would rule inside of our hearts like an empire we'd have peace all around Mm -hmm. and we wouldn't have to worry about anything because we'd know lord you got this i'll I'll Mm -hmm. just sit back in my reclining chair and watch you watch you do your work lord of course do your part but You'll rest in him, in other yes. words. Uh-huh. Absolutely. with Saul, God had brought David in to bring that release. And he said, "Bring." Saul had said, bring me someone who is skillful in playing music. He wanted music mm-hmm. played. And David was brought to him. And when he, when David played the, the harp with his hands, the distress, distressing spirit left. And then when he wasn't there, it came back on him again. And... Later on, we'll see Daniel be the David here. And da- David, back in First um, Samuel, he, was, he eventually saved the army of the Lord with the Philistine, with Goliath. Mm-hmm. And Saul's over here quaking underneath his armor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who's going to slay this giant? And David's like, ah, I'll go out there and do it because my Lord's got this. I'm, I'm not okay. worried about it. And That's- later, you see this, well, Daniel, he'll save these people that the king is killing mm-hmm. and you just see how good to yeah how good god is and how he does things and he he doesn't go okay well forget you mm-hmm. he does it all the way he's a good god he is well let's move forward in that since you you already started bringing up some of what we're going to discuss so, <laughs> mm-hmm. so let's let's get to it well shall we mm-hmm. yes. can i get a volunteer to read from 10 to 16 please i will all right kyla the chaldeans answered the king and said there is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. It is a difficult thing that the king requests, 
and there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this reason, the king was angry and very furious and gave the command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the, so the decree went out, and they began killing the wise men, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Mm-hmm. Then, with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guards, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree from the Lord, not the Lord, the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. 16 as well, please. Okay. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Okay. What did you all get out of that section of scripture? And by get out of him, what's Holy Spirit revealing to you? What stood out? Or what do you have questions about? I found verse 16 very interesting when Danny went in to ask for more time and how in the previous verses, it was Nebuchadnezzar saying that so they didn't try to get more time to tell the interpretation. But the Lord gave Daniel favor in, mm. in asking for more time. Look at that. Look at that. The exact thing that he said. Wow. The others were, going, were trying to get. He denied them more time. And then, what else does it say? They were searching for Daniel. After they began killing the wise men, they were searching for Daniel to kill them. And as you pointed out, in verse 16, where does he go? Right to the king. And ask for what? More time. time. Mm. So, so there again, he's walking, right, waging war by the word of God concerning this. He expected to be blessed and have, fla- have favor because God had already declared that. By all rights, he should have been cowering in a corner, maybe trying to make, make his escape from, from Babylon, take the Underground Railroad <laughs> or something, you right. know, and, and be passed out of the area because his life was in jeopardy. But instead, by the boldness of God, he was able to go boldly, and it wasn't the throne of grace, but to go, to go confidently before the king in boldness, knowing that the God who brought him here and kept him and gave him favor would give him favor once more. So trusting confidently, and at, at no point are we talking about you making assumptions and being presumptuous with the oh. things of God. Your voice should always, I mean, your ears should always be open and hearken to the voice of the Holy Spirit so that you receive his wise counsel. And, but if he said nothing else to you, continue to go forward, letting the peace rule as an umpire, as you said, Layla, in your heart, guiding you in what you're supposed to do. Uh-huh. But by no means should you be afraid of any human being who can only kill the body, but instead you should fear the one who can do what? Kill both the soul and the body. And throw them into hell. Okay? Yes. yes. Uh, so that was such a, a dynamic... Um, interaction? Interaction, but thought process. When God carves out the destiny plan and we're staying and tracked and in line with him, he opens doors that no man can shut, and he shuts doors that no man can open. Like he does everything and, and takes care of everything that she mm-hmm. needs to be done. The equipping has already been prepared. The place has been prepared for us. The good works have been prepared for us. All we have to do is be confident in who our Heavenly Father is, and he'll guide us and direct us, but also show us, make wide the, pa- the pa- uh, path for us. And make it straight. That's right. So for us today, why are we afraid? 
We serve the same God that Daniel and his companions did, yeah. And you yes. have the blood the of David Jesus did. applied oh, to your life. Absolutely. And have the Holy Spirit indwelling and infilling you. We have way more help than they did, seemingly. We know God was with them and helping them. but Absolutely. By, Through his Holy Spirit. Right. But just the fact that the the Savior hadn't come and died and shed his blood and been raised from the dead and spread his blood on the mercy seat and ascended to the right hand of the Father. And look how triumphant they were when they dared to believe God. How much more so should we be ruling and reigning by mm-hmm. Christ Jesus? Confidently expecting his deliverance and his instruction and his guidance, his mm-hmm. counsel, his help. Absolutely. How much more so? Not arrogantly mm-hmm. confident, but fully persuaded that what God promised, he's also able to perform. Mm-hmm. So I like that um, that comparison there. Anyone else? Oh. Go for it, promise. And... The Lord show me where it's in verse 10 where it says, The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Mm-hmm. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. It is difficult. It is a difficult thing that the king requ- request, request. Therefore, as no other, there is no other who could tell it to the king except the gods, who, whose dwelling is not with the flesh. Hmm. What are your thoughts about that, honey? So, the world is showing that kind of like the, like how you were mentioning before we entered this piece of scripture. That the Doshan uses to destroy Daniel and his friends. Mm-hmm. And that instead of. In that. How. The Doshan is necessarily using that to kind of destroy. Everybody, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he was. He doesn't care who he kills. He's not mm-hmm. a discriminator on that. He's an equal opportunity murderer. Right? Yes. And thief. He'll he'll steal wherever he can. He seeks whom he may devour. However, children of God are a particular delicacy because the other people have no authority, no power. There's you know what I mean? There's there's no triumph or victory truly there. But he cannot help himself but be what he is. But the children of God, we look like Jesus, we smell like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? We're the fragrance of the knowledge of God diffused right in the earth so there is a i guess it's like you know when you get a birthday cake and you get the the corner that has the flower on it you get the corner with the extra icing and you get the rose color that you want it's kind of like that now you eat all the cake you'll take any cake because cake is good but if you get that particular section it's valuable it's got a little extra treat to it so the one that has the most frosting and or the cherry on top Mm mm-hmm that extra little something. Mm-hmm. So no, mm-hmm. the enemy, he comes for nothing else but to steal, kill, and destroy. And whomever is available, whom he that falls in that category, whom he may devour, has at it. But the children of God have a special hedge of protection. We reflect and look like God and smell like him, right? Sound like him. We're, we're walking in the authority that Jesus already took back. And, um, you know, he probably might think it's a little dig at God. 
to get one of his children off the earth, but we're also the ones that enforce. Uh-huh. We enforce the authority and the victory that Jesus has already won. That's that's our place. So. Uh-huh. And. Kind of like how if you go further into in verse 11 to, sorry, verse 12 to 14, I kind of found it interesting that it says the guards specifically were looking for Daniel and his companions. Mm-hmm. And that how, like, Molly has said this before that when the devil is using the people to, like, he was working through the people to crucify Jesus, that he thought, oh, I'm winning it, and all this stuff, but then the Lord use his supposed victory and turned into defeat. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. The trap that the enemy sets for the children of God, he falls and for God, he falls into himself. Absolutely. I mean, God has kicked Satan's backside every way you can think of, and he continually defeats him on every turn. And then there's the ultimate defeat, which would be the lake of fire that's coming and already destined. God doesn't lose. All he can do is win. Mm-hmm. All he does is succeed. Mm-hmm. As I was going through this and listening to the promise, uh, there's a few things that I was reminded of. Verse 11, the quote-unquote wise men say that it's a difficult thing that the king requests. Right? Mm-hmm. I was absolutely reminded of Elisha who said, I want a double portion from Elijah. Right? And what was Elijah's response? Ooh, you ask a hard thing, a difficult thing, right? Nevertheless. You're right, but then you also see in this, right, hey, who can grant it? Who can tell it to the king, right? Whose dwelling is not with flesh. It's the Lord that can that is the only one that can give it. And yes, he does live and dwell in us. Yes, he does. So, But it's, we can't generate it in and Absolutely. Of it only comes from the Lord mm-hmm. as he pleases his goodwill. You're going to say something. Go ahead. I was. And um, you can look at the difference in their responses. The Chaldeans, those that trusted in their own flesh, mm-hmm. said it's impossible. But when Daniel went, he said, give me a time. It's, it's impo- I mean, it is possible. So with man, it's an impossibility. But with God, all things are possible Amen. to those who believe. Absolutely. So you see him walking in another element of what Christ instructed his disciples who we are, right? Yes. He said, go into all the world and make disciples of men. And here we are. We're disciples. So he gave us the instruction that with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible to those who believe. So if it worked for the believers here, it'll work for you today, for us today, who are willing to apply the word of God. Mm -hmm. And then, yes, that was the other thing I was going to bring up. Oh, sorry. Who did Daniel appear before? The king who was out searching for him, not unlike Elijah. They're out searching for him, and then he goes and presents himself before the king. And then 
speaks the word of the Lord to the king. Mm-hmm. All right? No different here. Yes, for more time, but then let's also, you see the similarities there. While he's out looking for him, actually in this instance, the person that the king had sent to kill David, or Daniel, excuse me, and his companions, didn't kill him. I think they didn't want to kill them. I don't believe he did either, but the fact is the Lord protected him and still gave him favor that not only was he not killed, but then he appeared before the king. Mm-hmm. And so you see the Lord protect him twice and or give favor twice, actually three times if you count the asking for more time, like immediately, quick succession or rapid succession. Mm-hmm. And you see God's hand of grace even with, who was this? Arioch. Because for me, I know that they went out to kill, but I, I think they also probably knew of Daniel's reputation there for mm-hmm. an exceptional wisdom. And council, they just maybe weren't at that meeting. So I, it sounded to me like they were taking their time. They didn't really want to kill these people. So they're looking for them to get counsel, right, and kill them if they have to because ultimately they have a command from their king. But also it, buy them a little more time. Buy some time. Let, let, and, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're – think about this for a second. If your sword's blazing and you're looking to hack everybody down, there's no conversation to be had. We're not talking about anything because you're getting chopped up, right? Yes. yes. So – and. Daniel, it doesn't talk about him being fearful and cowering and just begging or anything of that nature, but asking why is the decree from the king so urgent? Why is this so harsh? Why is he being so rough about this? That's more conversational. Like, we know yes. each other, and for the band to respond to him in, a, in anything other than his sword running him through tells us that there's something more to this and something more behind it. Like, he probably didn't want to do it. He needed, all those you factors. Know, that are, was probably moving on his spirit. Exactly. Like I said, all those things are, are true, but ultimately it's mm-hmm. the Lord's favor, his mercy, mm-hmm. and, and grace upon Daniel's life that, yes, it was more conversational because, as we already pointed out, Nebuchadnezzar is a king, and for any reason, for no reason, especially in disobedience, mm-hmm. you can chop your head off. Yes. That, that's just, that was the custom and the culture of the day, especially under a, a kingship. Mm-hmm. And Ariok probably had to provide safe passage for him to get to the back to talk to the king. Because if he had probably just shown up, who knows, somebody with a sword, you know, running through the streets might have mowed him down. But he probably had to be escorted back there by Arioch mm-hmm. and, and presented to And the let's king. also look at, so, so with Arioch as well, putting also his, his own life in jeopardy mm-hmm. for ultimately, you could say this is a disobeying the king's order, right? So, so there's a number of ways the Lord moved yeah. on multiple people mm-hmm. in this situation. And guess what? Yeah. He'll do the same thing for, for you, for each yeah. and every one of us. He's doing it. He, he is, is doing it, exactly. This is his mode of operation to handle things on all sides. We've talked about the thoroughness and the completeness of God, not needing you to conjure things up, but just believe him and then do what he asks you to do. Exactly. Do what he guides you and prepared for you to do, but walk in the place that he has asked you to stand. But he is a faithful God. You know that song, Waymaker. Even if you don't see it, he's working. He's working. Even if you don't perceive it or you're not aware of it, God is doing what he does because he is the one who's dictated his own behavior. And he's been faithful and accountable every single time. He's been faithful and consistent. Our God is consistent in his goodness and his thoroughness. There's no deviation or shadow of turning. Amen. So what he did for Daniel... 
and he did for for many others. I mean, we have an entire Bible full of examples of the where you just of oh God. the faithfulness yeah. of God. You just see the same things over and over and over. Is every way exactly the same? No, but at the core of it, mm-hmm. it is the exact same. Mm-hmm. So why would he change for you? Or you not you right? Exactly. Right. No, that's not our God. It's like I'm good to everybody else except you. You know, that's not so, who he is. So I say that to to leave you with this because I know we're, you know, I like to value people's time, right? But also give you time to seek the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Let's believe God. Let's allow him to be God. Let's trust him. Give him that opportunity to fully experience him, who he is, his nature, his character, his goodness, mm-hmm. mercy, grace, favor, all, all those things in your life. So let God express himself exactly. to you. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a good word, honey. All right. All right. Who wants to close us out in prayer? I will. All right. All right, Charles. Charles. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, and that for blessing us, Lord, and making it where we can continue to grow in you, Lord, in that way, that you give us a way of escape, even when you mm-hmm. says, I won't say says in captivity, Lord, even when you are admonishing us, Lord. And I just thank you for continuing to bless us, bless us, Lord, even though we don't do everything right, Lord. I just thank you for showing immense grace and mercy to us, Lord, in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.